Welcome to Pili, Raul, and La Musica, supported by Sure Microphones and Jack Daniels. For more information, follow us at Pili, Raul, and La Musica. such a pleasure to kick off 2020 with the artists that we're about to present. With us tonight is Ramon, better known as Bostich, from part of Bostich and Fusible from Norte Collective. He came all the way from Tijuana. Where are my Mexicans at? That's what I thought. They've spoken at TED. They have played at Coachella, Glastonbury, Outside Lands, you name it. Vive Latino. They're celebrating 20 years of career. They launched their greatest hits album at the end of last year. And they truly have been able to create their own genre by mixing banda norteño sounds with electronic music. But do you want to introduce Ramon? The Grammy-nominated, Latin Grammy-nominated, international awards, superstars from around the world, and joining us here all the way from Tijuana, Mexico. Give it up for Ramon, better known as Bostich of the Nortec Collective. Well, Ramon, good to see you. Welcome back to Los Angeles. I know you came all the way from uh, Tijuana right now. But, uh, of course, Nortec Collective, celebrating 20 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> 20 years of career, you and Pepe met in the late 80s, correct? In Tijuana. What were you doing back then? Yes, uh, we, we started uh, there in Tijuana. I think we were very lucky. Uh, for Tijuana is a border. We grew up listening to uh, radio stations from San Diego. It, these radio stations, uh, they were not from San Diego. They were from Tijuana, but uh, the antennas, yeah, the antennas yeah. were in Tijuana and the radio stations were in, in English, like 91X. So we were very lucky to listen to 91X and another like a, a TV a public radio with a lot of techno pop, a lot of electronic music, even in the bars and the, they a lot of hip hop uh, music, a lot of electronic, and the other hand the, the traditional music. So it's a uh, back at that years uh, we were very lucky that uh, we were we have a a bar called Iguanas that I remember uh, watching there a lot of bands, uh, um, Nirvana opening for another band. Uh, wait, wait, so Nirvana played at a bar in Tijuana called Tijuanas? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, Tijuanas there play uh, Ramones, Divo, OMD, uh, Front 242, Psyche TV, a lot of experimental bands. So uh, not the, the influence not um, was uh, only the radio stations. Uh, the influence was very direct watching the bands uh, playing in front of us. Were you already attracted to being a musician or what were you doing? Because I know he's actually a dentist, by the way. I know you, can, you would never tell that, but he's actually a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has a great thank smile, you. great thank teeth. You, thank you, thank you. <laughs> when I finished my career as a dentist, I uh, studied music, a career of music. And I, but I continue doing dentistry for uh, 27 years, and uh, I have a lot of patients. One of my patients was uh, one of the guys from Bauhaus, this band. Wow! And, and, and a lot of uh, friends came to my dental office, and uh, but I decide to finish my career as a dentist because uh, with Nortec, 
I, we used to have a lot of work and playing in a lot of festivals, so I decided to only do, do music. That's kind of crazy, though, that you were still doing the dentistry for about 10 years, even after Nortec had started up. <laughs> yes. So. I miss my career. I, I used to love it I, uh, as an orthodontist. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good career to fall back yeah. on. Uh, uh, more money than music <laughs> wow okay that's good to know aspiring dentist so what are some of the other inspirations that influence nortic i hear Kraftwerk. i hear the band yellow so many other ones because there was so much electronica of course from nortic fusing the sounds of mexican regional who were some of the others yes uh, i remember uh, i was a super fan of uh, Kraftwerk. Um, and the early 80s uh, techno pop and industrial music and um, I didn't imagine that, that I end up as a musician because uh, with working as a dentist <laughs> but uh, when I started uh, working uh, with Pepe I think was in the late 80s I used to play in a lot of rapes uh, in Mexico City in Guadalajara and Monterrey because I my first album was a more Techno oriented in, in 1994. And by this time you were by yourself, right? You were you weren't with Pepe. Yeah, no, uh, by myself. But Pepe used to play in a industrial band, so uh, I asked Pepe to follow me in my concerts. And the partners of their band they got mad with Pepe that he played with with, with myself, <laughs> and uh, he fired Pepe. And uh, so we we, sta we started working together from '94. But in '99, when Nortec, everything changed. So. so there was other people like in Nortec, and maybe there's still you know Clorophila, there's Panoptica. How many members compile Nortec Collective? Yes, uh, uh, the thing is uh, when we started Nortec, Pepe and I. Pepe uh, in 1999 called me in my dental office and I was there and he told me, hey, I have uh, some sounds of Norteño and band and sounds weird, sounds like uh, very bad, so, uh, <laughs> out of pitch, out of tempo, bad recordings. And uh, he, he asked me to, to work with that sounds and with electronic music and I, I think Pepe was like a... a with something like a, <laughs> was like a drunk or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and okay, he, he gave me the sounds and he gave me the sounds, sorry. And, and uh, I started working and uh, I did uh, this uh, track called Polaris and Pepe in his uh, house uh, working the ventilador, another song. And every, every minute we did these songs, we called by phone because at that time, no internet. We <laughs> called it and, uh, hey, listening to this sound and the tuba sounds crazy. And, and um, in a few days, four or five days, we um, met in his house, listening to the tracks. Uh, he listened to uh, Polaris and I listened to his song, Ventilador, and, and we realized that something happened with something different, something that represents the Tijuana uh, it's like a soundtrack, imagining the electronic music in one hand and the uh, traditional me uh, Mexican in another hand. So we decided to share the sounds to another musicians, not only in Tijuana, uh, even in Mexico. And from them, the, we invite at the beginning a lot of uh, real, real musicians there, but nobody respond. So the other friends like, You're like that, this is yes. really <laughs> weird. <laughs> so the, the the only friends that respond that that friends that there were not musicians. Uh, Berdin was a musician, but was more in in uh, in uh, from Clorophila was more into the um, graphic design. Right. Uh, another friend was a promoter. 
Uh, the other were not musicians, so we decided to help them. The only real musicians that were uh, Terrestre, uh, Fernando Corona, a super musician, and Planton. And uh, so we shared the sounds. And in a few days, everybody came with uh, their demos. Wow. And uh, we burned uh, CDR, and we uploaded one of the songs, Polaris, in Napster. And was one of the most uh, downloaded songs in that time. Wow. In uh, Napster. And uh, so Nortec uh, started very fast, like uh, dynamite. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> I believe that as soon as you guys mm -hmm. named yourself Nortec Collective and you put out that demo out there, then you, you were playing at Coachella. Yes, uh, something happened very fast. Uh, somebody invited us a few days to play in San Diego, and uh, they were opening like a museum there in downtown. And I was playing there. And somebody came to me, and I met there the the bass player David J from Bauhaus. He was walking there outside and came inside, and, and you know he told me, you know, I was walking here and I heard your song uh, Polaris, and I want to meet you. And from there, he was my patient and my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so two in one, that's awesome. <laughs> so who here is a fan of Norteño music? <laughs> Okay, I'm not. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, like, neither of you were either. Yes, of course. Uh, I we are not fans. I am fan of uh, traditional Mexican music. I love my, my my roots and my music. But at that time, we we didn't um, match with uh, this aggressive and uh, sound of Norteño, where more like corridos, like uh, from drug dealers, bad words, a lot of things. Uh, at that time, 1999 was more like a shock for us, so we didn't like it. So th we decided to, to deconstruct that uh, music, uh, recycle that music that we grew up and doing something new, something different. At that time, I loved drum and bass, uh, jungle, that kind of music. So when I received the sounds, I, wanted to, I, I was trying to do a, a drum and bass uh, song. But when I listened to the drummer of Banda Sinaloense, it was like a real drum and bass. <laughs> I, I just the copy paste and the the song Polaris came very fast. Wow! <laughs> and you're meshing two traditional sounds: what was electronica and regional Mexican. How was the response at that time to the sound from people in Tijuana? Yes, it was very different. Uh, people from Tijuana with electronic they celebrate. Because uh, with, with Tijuana, we didn't have something that was like uh, Tijuana. It's because Tijuana is a mixture of different cultures. So nothing represents something from Tijuana. And at that time, when the sound came, the people celebrate. But in another place, the people, sometimes uh, people hate Norte. Because, no, uh, Norteño and Banda is like a naco music, or uh, uh, that's not good music. Why are you doing that? But they invite us to a big festival in Mexico, about 100,000 people in front of us. In Is this Vive Latino? Uh, no, in Zócalo. Okay. The uh. first time was a lot of German DJs, only played techno. And the promoter, uh, they told us, they don't play Nordic, they play, just play your old music, your techno. It, it, we'd say, okay, we're going to play that. But when, when Pepin and I were there, we played all the Nordic set. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and the people respond very good. Nobody um, whistle or nobody... Uh, they didn't throw tomatoes yeah, at you or waves. <laughs> no, okay. nothing. Okay, no, they, 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 they didn't dance. They didn't, like, they didn't 
they don't know why. How was to, it more to, just how, shock? How, like, how to, what? was a regular shock. <laughs> and you know, one of the DJs, uh, the uh, DJ Hell, DJ Hell from the international DJ Gigolos, one of the best uh, electro and, and techno uh, music in the 90s, he was there playing and he listened to the song, this song Polaris, and he told me, he came to me, it was in year 2000, and he told me, hey, can, you, can I take your song uh, to do in, in, my, in a compilation? Yes, of course. And he paid he pay me with his all his collection of, of the day set, the vinyls, it's for you. And I, wow. I, I but wow. because I don't have money, so take the vinyls. <laughs> so uh, I, I wasn't a DJ at that time. Pepe was a DJ, so he played for two years with that vinyls. <laughs> I'm sure that record box is worth a lot of money yeah, these days. Exactly. So. You were talking about deconstructing the banda sound, right? What similarities did you find between electronic music and banda? Yes, I, I think uh, for us it was very easy because we didn't uh, try to mix merengue or salsa because we grew up listening to Norteño and banda. Even if you don't like it, if you are in a taxi or on a wedding or something, you listen to banda and Norteño. It's like reggaeton so, music in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Even though you don't like it, it's, it's yeah, there. It's going to be it's there. Everywhere. You can't escape it. <laughs> So I, when uh, I came, I had the, the sounds, was like, a, sometimes I'm going to upload that, that sounds because it was very bad recordings. The, the widow and everything was out of tempo, the trumpet was out of the pitch, so the tune. And uh, for us was like, a, I think was sounds very affects to this uh, experimental electronic music. And um, for us was uh, trying to do that was very easy to cut and and uh, manipulate that sounds with vocoders and synthesizers and the early uh, software for to do electronic music and was very very easy honestly uh, polaris i did it in three days or, or less and the other at the beginning was very productive a lot a lot of songs uh, came uh, at that time yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. usually when producers and make a track that is like instantaneous, a spontaneous, those are usually the best tracks because it comes naturally and so quickly. I want to get into a little bit about like other bands and other artists that started gravitating to the sound of Nortec. I know you did a remix for Kinky. You did the remix for Son de Mi Primer Amor. Fantastic record. The remix of yours was the first version of that song that I was playing back in the day on KCRW. And then you get like Pepe as Fusible doing the remix of Titan of Corazon. Again, big records for KCRW. How did those remixes come about? Chris Allison from uh, Sonic 360, that uh, label from London. Mm -hmm. And he was very, very interested in Nortec and he invited me to do a remix uh, the f I think the first remix to Nortec, I did it for Cerati because he was there in Tijuana oh, wow. and he was very, yeah. very, very fan from Nortec and he asked me to do a, um, a remix and I did a, re a remix and then I did the... For the what song? What Cerati song? Sulki. Uh, Sulki I did and uh, at, at that time I was deconstructed the Norteño but at that time I tried to decon deconstruct the Malambo uh, music, that uh, this uh, ethnic music from the uh, South America. And um, but I, I honestly I didn't put this the, the lyrics of <laughs> Cerati on, uh, because I, I uh, was more electronic. I only a few lyrics, or most most. But with Kinky, Chris Allison asked me to do the remix, send me the the files, and then uh, from then I think we met all the Kinky. And from then we are friends, 
very friends from yeah. from Hill and all the musicians. We we sense that like every time we we interview a band from Mexico, I love how there's this sense of brotherhood um, when it comes to bands. They really help each other out. They you guys are a, col a major collective in a way. Norte Collective is actually the first collective out of Tijuana, and I think we really it's really important for us to dig in into what T Tijuana has to offer because there's a huge misconception about Tijuana. You know, there's a lot of negativity around Tijuana, but there's also a beautiful cultural and artistic movement going on t in Tijuana that inspired you guys. Talk to us about the influence of Tijuana in your music. Yes, uh, Tijuana is a super chaotic city. It's a, I just remember uh, Tijuana, I, I born in Tijuana, and uh, I re just remember that new places with uh, uh, this uh, urban urban uh, without water without electricity the drug dealers and, and everything but you know uh, I think Tijuana one side is this chaotic thing and in other places Tijuana is uh, like an amalgam of cultures because every time the people came from different states we adapt the culture in food and music and everything even in lately we have uh, a lot of people from IT I uh, I this country, and we accept the uh, people in in uh, in everything. So the, uh, Tijuana is um is uh, this uh, border city, uh, and uh, so we are lucky for for uh, not only the culture, even the food, and now about um, a big movement of uh, this food like a uh, baja metal. Like right. uh, it's uh, I think uh, we're very lucky, and but. And we, the sounds too, all the sounds yes, that uh -huh. you hear. Yes, but uh, but I think Norted in somehow represent the or reality of um, the worst time. I think was in 2007. It was very uh, dangerous and a lot of kidnapping and the drug dealers. So at that time we did that this album Tijuana Sound Machine. That's like a pivotal record for you guys. When Tijuana Sound Machine came out, it was a time where it's like, oh wow, now these guys aren't just you know producers with beats now you guys are including lyrics and it made a little more kind of like songs did you realize that you had something special at around that time yes uh, at, the, at the beginning nortec was uh, very experimental Le, uh, with that songs exper experiment even we didn't work with real musicians was the, the the all the accordions the trumpets even the lyrics uh, we took the lyrics and everything from that recordings, uh, and and, uh, and when when did that the songs, uh, I was working in my dental office and uh, and and the guy who record all the sounds. Uh, I could just imagine. <laughs> wait, first you're at a dental <laughs> office and you you hear out of the background, and people are going like, no 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 yes, and 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 the guy the the guy who did the recordings, he called me and they hey you know. I did all the recordings and I going to have a lawyer because wow. uh, you're using my, my sounds and I said, okay, uh, do it, what you, but what I took the songs, but the songs that I took I is even was a cover from Beatles, from uh, what a cover from Beatles, only covers. Right. So we didn't recognize and uh, and, and I told him, you know, uh, it's okay, okay, let's go to your studio and record the musicians from from them. Uh, at the beginning was only rec uh, this that recordings, but we started working with real musicians. So that album, the Tijuana Sound Machines, uh, was another step 
beyond working the musicians. But the musicians there were very afraid to play live with us because uh, uh, we used to play only in, in electronic music events. And uh, when we invited the, them to play with us, they came dressing like a more raver, more techno <laughs> things. No, no. Were they dressing uh, the part? I just could you play with your hat and everything. No, no, no. The people are going to be laughing at me. And uh, but no. But then uh, we asked them to play with their hats and everything. And now they are the rock stars. We are not <laughs> just playing. In the yeah, because it also shifted mm -hmm. a little bit to mm -hmm. where where they're in the forefront. They're now the 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 performers that you guys are kind of showcasing in the live performance, which is really cool because you think about it, it's like, okay, normally these were just samples and these were just little bits that you recorded and now they're bringing the live element to your performance. And I remember when the evolution of Nortec, you and, and, and Pepe, to where it became and to what it is now. I mean, it's 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 a big, big arc. Were you thinking that the audience is 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 expecting this, the live element to the performance? Uh, I, I think uh, it's uh, a the, the the sound were uh, changing and evolution evolution. I think that's a good thing. Because uh, if uh, the second or third album sounds like the first album, I think was Nortec dead. Uh, uh, when Nortec started, one of my friends told, told us, hey, you know, Nortec is only one or two years and it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of like what they said about reggaeton. It's kind of what they said about But uh, we is, is still here 20 years, even um, a few years uh, we some decide to end up the, the sound of Nortec. But when we announced that we're going to end up the sound of Nortec, uh, a lot of people started calling us like uh, Circo Soleil or even do, doing collaborations. And uh, so we decided to continue doing this Good. sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now that you mentioned Cirque du Soleil, you guys did the, the music for Lucia, mm -hmm. which is one of Cirque du Soleil's shows. Yeah. How have, have any of you seen it? Okay, so the soundtrack was made by by Norte Collective. So it's it's a mix of like loose, which is light, and Juvia, which is rain. How did that collaboration come about? I mean, that's a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, we played in um, uh, in Montreal, is the place where Circo Soleil started. So we were there, and uh, one guy in the audience stayed there, and. And when we finished the show, he invited us to 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 meet at the the place from Circus Soleil. It's like a city; it's a huge city. And we were there, and they told us, you know, we have a we have a plan to do a Mexican contemporary music with uh, Circus Soleil, and and we have a something another bands. It's a lot of bands uh, was invited to do that. And they asked us to do a song, and we told them, okay, let, let's do a song. So we started with one song, and they like it. And they asked us to do another song, and, and they like it too. And Circus Soleil is very jealous, uh, so they're very professionals. So they decide to send uh, people from Circus Soleil to Tijuana to make sure that we're doing the music. And, uh, oh wow! They, oh, they so didn't believe oh. you were making the music. So wait, so they sound like detectives. <laughs> so I think Cirque du Soleil uh, detectives making sure that the music is original. So if so, you, have, it's easy to spot a Cirque du Soleil yeah, detective. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I They're usually wearing a lot of face makeup. The leotards <laughs> and doing these weird <laughs> movements. 
I think was not a good decision from them because they sent them, the people to Tijuana and when they were here, we did a tour with them, the food, the beers, a lot of mezcal, and they get, 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 get drunk and they decide to do the complete album. So that's, wow. the, that's the story. Nothing alcohol can fix, right? That's true. So go, going from something like Cirque du Soleil, which is like rainbows and puppies, let's talk about... Again, your music, and is there any social criticism in your music at any moment? Mm -hmm. I think uh, um, uh, our music uh, is um, always has something to do with our reality. Tijuana is a city that changed very fast, very fast. And 1989, when we started Nortec, was a city very industrial with a lot of companies, a lot of te television assemble companies, a lot of trailers, a lot of things, and uh, it's more like a more industrial thing happened. But little by little, I, I think 2007, when when was a little violent, so we, uh, most of the songs has, uh, has something to do with the violence. Uh, I have a, a song that is called Akai 47, that I did a mixture of words with the Akai, my main instrument, this MPC sampler, and the 47 from the gun. And I did that song. Pepe did another song called um, uh, Reten, because we used to have a lot of, a lot of checkpoints, and Pepe record all the, all, the, all the conversations and did that song. And in 2010, we were traveling a lot. Uh, we we did we we were mostly most of the time out of Tijuana, but most of the news was a very bad bad news, and one of the worst news was we used to have a news new boulevard called Boulevard 2000. At the beginning, the idea was to connect different cities with that boulevard, but end up like uh, the place where a lot of dead people they put the people yeah. and, and uh, so we we put the we decide to put that name on our album. Boulevard 2000, and the good thing about this is uh, when you Google at the beginning, uh, because we Google the, the name, and when you put Boulevard 2000, only bad news about Tijuana, a lot of death, a lot of killing, but when we uh, release the album, when you put Boulevard 2000, a lot of things, only only music wow. came. So it's, uh, for that, it's, it's a really good because it's another, awesome. another face from Tijuana. The, that's only only the the bad things is cultural or music in another hand. But that's a great example of the power of music. Mm -hmm. You know, you're changing mm -hmm. how Tijuana mm -hmm. is looked at. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So congratulations mm -hmm. on that. That's Thank awesome. you. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, because a lot. It's it's all perception. Like you were talking mm -hmm. about what you guys are witnessing in the news. It's always just sensational, and it's always just the bad stuff that you hear about. Especially if you're out of the country. Like if you're watching the news in LA and they mention Tijuana or somewhere a border town, it's gonna be something about narcos. It's gonna be something negative. So you guys kind of like bridge that cultural gap that was needed, you know. And that just goes to show, like Billy just said, it's music is so powerful. It's the message. And I, I kind of sense that the Boulevard 2000, it was this kind of like lineage and this kind of thing to combine sounds, combine ideas. I mean, where did it come up that, that you wanted to name it that? Because uh, uh, it's for the news. Because uh, uh, in some way, our music, we're trying to represent what's happening in Tijuana. 
And so we were traveling and the news only was Boulevard 2000. Boulevard 2000, Boulevard 2000, that, the, right. that killing, Boulevard 2000, that. And so that's uh, the reason we decided to put that. that it's also a risk. So I, yeah. it's awesome that you guys mm -hmm. were willing to take risks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's something that you've been doing from the beginning because if you're mixing, again, yeah. those very traditional <laughs> Mexican sounds with electronic, that's also a risk. Mm -hmm. So risks, taking risks for you has been favorable, mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> And talking about risk, how much do you think luck has been on your side? Because what I hear is that Chris Blackwell, who is the founder of Island Records, who is a label who launched U2, Bob Marley, and my favorite band, The Killers. <laughs> <laughs> they found you guys, and it was really randomly, right? Very Tell random, us a story. Very random. <laughs> At that time when we uploaded this song in Napster, it was like... A Little, a little famous, <laughs> the, this Polaris song. And uh, so we decided to burn, Pepe and I, uh, 1,000 copies of CD-ROM in, uh, in our houses <laughs> with everything. And uh, we uh, give that albums for free in a, in, a, in a party. And one of that albums came to the hands of uh, Camilo, Camilo Lara. In the, from uh, Mexican uh, Institute uh, of Sound. Yes, at that time was uh, the from Emmy. I think was an yeah. Emmy, and album to Camilo, and I think the album was there, and he, her friend Kim Bui, uh, he found the album because the the art of the album was uh, made from Free Torres, one of the guys from the visual hand of Nortec. And uh, he said, what is it? It's uh, music. Uh, he said, his uh, music from Tijuana. Okay, take it. And, and she take the album, the, the CD. And she played that album in a birthday party in Chris Blackwell in his house. And he listened to the music. And he said, what is it? Oh, it's music from <laughs> Tijuana. And he sent Kim to, to sign uh, Nortec in his in Palm Pictures label. So that's, that's the story about... Um, but uh, when he invited us to sign the contract with Palm, he he invited uh, Bono from YouTube, and 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 the and the guy from uh, Napster. It's a very very young guy. He was there, and um, we were in his house, and then and another day we signed the contract with uh, Palm Pictures. <laughs> I mean, pinch me, you know, like, what are the chances? That's amazing. Well, I think that's who it was then. Camilo Lara was at KCRW también. He brought the CDR. Uh -huh. And that CDR right now, if you ever go to KCRW, for whatever reason, we have a huge music library with a bunch of CDs. If you go through the CDs and you go to the Nortec section, that CDR that he's talking about is right there. Yes, the first time uh, Nortec, uh, something at radio station was in KCRW. Yeah. And they... Uh, it's good music. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it came down yeah. to because like they gave us the CDR and Nick Harcourt is all like, well, check this out. It's it's obviously in Spanish, <laughs> and I put it in the <laughs> and I popped it in the player and there was no lyrics, so I gave it right back to Nick and I'm like, you got to check this shit out. It's really freaking mm -hmm. good. Fusible means fuse in Spanish, but what's Bostich? Bostich. Okay, Bostich. I took the the name. Uh, I think it was in 1989. I did a, a demo song. Uh, I started my project in 1988, but with not only like a, like Ramona Mezcua. But in 1989, a friend of us uh, uh, invited me to do a song from his uh, radio station in Tijuana. It's a public radio from there. 
I did a song and, and I, he told me, oh, what is the name of your band? And no, oh, I don't have a, a name in my band. Oh, let's, let's, and we started to randomly take a, a vinyl from my vinyl collections and the vinyl came from Jello. This band switched the switch, uh, band and the song was called Bostage. And I took the name from that song. <laughs> Like that would have had a feeling that was the idea behind it. <laughs> Just a random thought. <laughs> Why was it the idea to finish the Nortic Sound? Did you because, did you think it had an end? No, because uh, I think it was a very good end because we collaborate with people that we um, uh, love, like Kraftwerk, uh, Alan Parsons, uh, a lot of collaborations, uh, playing in festivals. So that's the reason we decided. But when we said we're going to finish, a lot of opportunities came and opportunities mm. not not to play I, I mean I mean that opportunities to do something different that this is like a secret soleil and um, so I think for for us like Nordic is very very easy to to, <laughs> to produce right. to even to, to do something trying to do something new evolution the sound well, as your fans and as the audience here, like we don't want Nortec to ever end, so I'm glad that you guys are back. Yes. <laughs> and it's been 20 years. We can't wait for 20 more years. Oh, yes. Well, before we end, we have this tradition at room number seven of asking seven questions. Mm -hmm. And we ask these seven <laughs> questions. See, it's kind of famous now. People look forward to it. So um, these are the seven questions that we ask. Yes, okay, try not to think about it too okay. much. Okay? okay, so it's kind of like okay. speed fire. <laughs> um, what is your pre-show ritual? Algo que creas que te que te da suerte antes de entrar al escenario. Thinking my family. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, One, always, two, always. Three. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> That's because his family is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You obviously mentioned a lot of music, a lot of vinyls, a lot of records. What was the first album that you either bought, borrowed, stole? Kraftwerk, Autobahn from Kraftwerk. So that changed my life. I didn't know about synthesizers. I didn't know that uh, instruments, but uh, from that I uh, was more the, trying to find more about electronic music. What, what did you think when you heard that? Like, because this is something completely foreign to the sounds that you were hearing in Tijuana back then. I mean, you're hearing, you know, obviously those iconic artists that we all know from back then. And then all of a sudden you throw in craft work or... I think it's the, the passion to imagine the future. I think I'm more like a, in the futuristic things, like movies and uh, since I was a kid. And when I listen to electronic music, like uh, even Pink Floyd and that are progressive bands, but mostly with uh, Jarre and Kraftwerk, when I listened, I was imagining, I think in the future, the music will be only electronic, and that, that's the reason why. <laughs> so who is your musical crush and why? And it could be a man because you like how he produces music, or it could be a woman, it's up to you. Musical mm -hmm. crush and why? And it could be somebody dead or alive. <laughs> no, I, I love... Uh, it's, it's a difficult question, but uh, I am fan of Air, this uh, yeah. French band. And always, to me, it's fresh music. So that's when I want to relax or something, uh, Air, Air is one of them. Mm -hmm. okay. And then you play the song Sexy Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. So this I is my song. I thought you were going to say Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you could time travel to... Any era, any place, 
Where would it be? Mm, uh, I think the most surreal concert in my life was in uh, Tijuana, watching uh, Psyche TV. It's a very advanced of time band because was playing Acid, Acid House at that time in the, in the late 80s. And I think we'll be very happy to be there again and watching this futuristic music. You've been, like I said before, you've played at Coachella, Glastonbury, Outside Lands, Vive Latino, all these amazing festivals. Any cool backstage anecdote that you can tell us about? Any weird thing happening backstage? Any other band that you, I don't know, that you met and you thought they were going to be great and then you met them and you're like, oh my God, they suck. Any backstage anecdote that you can share with us? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me take a drink. <laughs> Wait, that's the next question. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. I never, never in my life uh, taken any drug. Any, any time in my life. So I was playing two years ago in, in uh, Glastonbury. I was there and I was in the backstage. And I was a little late there in Glastonbury. And uh, my musicians, they didn't allow them to eat there. I don't know why. But I came a little late there, and there allowed me to, to eat. And I take a food there, a very delicious soup. And then uh, I was the sound was the sound check. And then I started to feeling like a little weird, a little <laughs> weird. And I sleep, and I was there sleeping, and very far from the stages of the concerts. And another stage was playing a muse, and another stage was playing a reggae band. And to me, it was like a crazy listening to that band. And then I started to feel a little weird in my, in my body because with, without clothes, <laughs> <laughs> so no, only my... <laughs> and, uh, the chones? And, no, the chones. <laughs> and, and, the, and then I came out and asked one of my the musicians, I asked for another musician, and he told me, no, that musician, they didn't come to this show. Why are you asking for him? You know, I don't know. So I came to, the, to play in the show. And before I played, I saw a lot of people getting to our backstage in the window. And I asked Pepe. Like through the window? Through, through the window. And I asked Pepe, Pepe, somebody's getting to our backstage in the window. And he told me, no, it's no windows there. <laughs> 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 it's no windows there. And, uh, and I started to uh, uh, myself feeling like a dif different. And, uh, You're like, this jet <laughs> lag is really weird. <laughs> different. And, 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 uh, and I was like, and Pepe and, and my other musicians, they realized that I was a little weird and uh, and Pepe asked the promoter in Glastonbury, the promoters are hippies from the 70s. And, uh, and he, hey, what you know, my, my partner is feeling like a little weird and, uh, and, and maybe he ate something. And he told, oh, he has the best wheat soup in UK. Wow. <laughs> so I, I think uh, it was a very bad experience. And, uh, and uh, I think that's not the only wheat. I think it was the mushrooms or something because I was like... And uh, Pepe, uh, he was la laughing at me. Hey, Ramon, <laughs> it's your first time in Glastonbury. <laughs> so I think was the most... Uh, when they told me that was that, I feel more comfortable because I, th th at the beginning, I was th uh, thinking I'm cra getting crazier. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best vegetable soup in the world. Well, as long as you didn't run across the fields in your chonies. <laughs> Were you still able to play okay? Yes, when uh, when I Pepe told me, 
I, he told me, uh, <laughs> professional, he told me, uh, <laughs> hey, Ramon, take a, take, a, take a beer and eat, eat something. And I, okay. And, and then, and then you were fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. So if there's anybody that you would love to have a drink with, and it could be somebody, again, dead or alive, just to have that time and be able to sit with them and have that drink, who mm -hmm. would that be? I think uh, that happened to me. That happened to me and Pepe. Uh, two years ago, we have opportunity to uh, did a, a song with uh, Kraftwerk, with uh, one of the musicians, and, uh, and uh, Wolgan Floor, the percussionist, the he invited us to do a tour in Dusseldorf, this place from Germany, and he uh, invited us to stay in the first bar when they drink, the restaurant, the place when they did the music, and that thing, that experience was huge for me, for us, like uh, trying to, you have a, like a super uh, hero in electronic music and stay with him, I think that that happens for us. So our last and seventh question was actually made by our previous artist who we had here in December, which was Gabby Moreno. I don't know if any of you were here for that mm -hmm. show. So we asked our guest to leave a question for the following artist. Okay. So Gabby Moreno asked, she didn't know it was going to be you. Okay. They mm -hmm. never know who it mm -hmm. is. So if you could only take one album to space with you, what album would you take? Oh, a, a Music for Airports from Rayanino. I think that will be end, end, endless to listen to. Music for airports, Brian Eno. So you need to leave a question for whoever we have next in February. What question would you want to leave that artist? Um, I think, what song changed your life? Ooh, <laughs> okay. that's a good one. Thank you so oh. much, Ramon. Mm -hmm. And thank you. we miss Pepe, but you did an yes, amazing job. So thank you for being here yes, with us. Now we open up the floor for a Q&A from the audience. Anybody has a question for Ramon? I went to Coachella when you went to play to Coachella, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I am, like, so excited. I even took my son. My son's name is Ramses, mm -hmm. and we were so excited, both my husband, Ramses, and myself. I couldn't go in there, but I saw you from, like, far away. <laughs> okay? Thank you, so thank you. Yes, uh, Coachella was for us um, very important because we played in the first, in the second Coachella, 2001. There, I think, uh, and then coming back uh, most, more than 15 years later to Coachella uh, was uh, very important. And I think um, there is uh, as a Mexican band trying to represent and somehow the music from there was very important for us. That's, that's the reason why. Hola, Bostich. I saw you guys back in the early 90s when you guys were doing your, your musical things with the samples and the videos, the video productions, and then eventually you guys went into, you know, with the real musicians and... I just want to know, like, every time I, I come, I see you, and I and I hear something new from you, like, I'm gonna, what is the next step that you think you're going to go into? Uh, I think it's uh, back to roots, because uh, Pepe and I, we are working in a side projects, 
working with um, uh, or instruments, the main instrument that is uh, synthesizers or machines. And we have uh, more projects. Pepe has a project uh, called um, Quadripoint. It's like a more, uh, uh, it has something to do with uh, the border. And I have uh, my project like as a Ramona Mesqua with uh, only techno and uh, some experimental things. And but we have more projects coming. I have a, we have a project with uh, this um, a contemporary uh, dance from New York called Pilobulus. And uh, we did that work uh, last year, but this year we're working another project in the border. So continue working, producing. <laughs> Hey, so um, where do you see electronic music in Mexico going for the future? It's a, it's a, a lot of new generations. The, the thing about electronic music is now it's thousands of bands, thousands of projects. It's very difficult to find something good. Uh, but uh, it's happening in Tijuana. We have uh, some projects there that uh, is working good. And Pepe is doing a very good research about it. And he has his Spotify uh, with uh, electronic music from Mexico. It's only Mexican musicians, so you can check it out. And it's a good music there. Bueno, siendo de Tijuana, de Las Sánchez, quiero preguntar qué opinas sobre la escena en Tijuana con nuevas bandas como Policías y Ladrones, Ratigan, Parques de Cometas. ¿Qué opinas sobre el movimiento que está surgiendo ahorita y cómo puede crecer? So basically what he's asking is how how do you feel and what are, what's your opinion on the new bands that are coming out of Tijuana? Uh, it's a very talented uh, new bands. The thing is um, uh, sometimes they decide to move from Tijuana, even go to Mexico City, but I think it's not a good idea to move there because a lot of bands and it's, uh, the best thing is to stay there like a uh, polices y dragones or cometas ellos los conozco it's a very very good one. even ramona is uh, very good in electronic music is a uh, braulio lam and um and uh, my son, <laughs> my sons, <laughs> my sons. <laughs> Shameless plug to your son. <laughs> my sons, Grenda, Grenda, and Yune. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for being part of Pili Raúl la Música en vivo with Norte Collective, Ramón Bostich. Thank you for sharing so much about your story, for inspiring us, mm -hmm. and also congratulations on being one of those few bands that are able to create their own sound and genre. So once again, give it up for Bostich, everybody, of Norte Collective. Que se escuche, por favor. Gracias for checking out our podcast. Hey, and special thanks to Ulises El Licenciado Lozano for our amazing theme song. Our mix and recording engineer, Mario Diaz. Our artistic director, Dak. And can't forget about our sponsors, Pili. No, Raúl, Sure Microphones, and Jack Daniels, gracias for supporting La Musica Latina. And for more information and other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Pili, Raúl, and La Musica. Hey, make sure to tell your tía, abuelo, primas, everybody to subscribe. A todos. Oh,